Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do terrific work. You can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific program for you today, including guest Mark Schulman, the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. Brian Vale is the founder of the Men's Cancer Alliance. Very interesting story. Look forward to hear from Brian, as well as Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief and author of several books, his latest, No Problem. It is July the 24th, and on this day in 1901, William Sidney Porter, now who's he? Well, he was otherwise known as O. Henry, was released from prison on that day and after serving three years in jail for embezzlement from a bank in Austin, Texas. To escape imprisonment, Porter fled to his, uh, the authorities and hid in Honduras, but returned when his wife, still in the United States, was diagnosed with a terminal illness. He went to jail and began writing stories to support his young daughter while he was in prison. After his release, Porter moved to New York and worked for the New York World, writing one st- short story a week from 1903 to 1906. In 1904, his first story collection, Cabbages and Kings, was published. His second, The Four Million, contained one of the most beloved stories, The Gift of the Magi, about a poor couple who uh, each sacrificed their most valuable possession to buy a gift for the other. Additional collections appeared in 1906 and 1907, and two collections a year were published in 1908 until his death in 1910. He specialized in stories about everyday people, often ending with an unexpected twist. Despite the enormous popularity of the nearly 300 stories he published, he led a difficult life, struggling with financial problems and alcoholism until his death in 1910. The story of O. Henry, so interesting. Well, a little shout-out to Danish writer Jonas Vingegaard, who won the Tour de France for the second straight year as cycling's most storied race finished Sunday on the famed Chantilly de Gilles uh, in Paris. I mispronounced that, and I apologize. But nevertheless, uh, what an accomplishment. Over 2,000 miles over the course of three weeks, and he won it by a little over a minute. So congratulations to him. What a, what a grueling, grueling test it is. And then also, uh, congratulations to Brian Harmon for winning the British Open torrential downpours almost the entire tournament. It was just an incredible accomplishment by this young man. He had great promise coming out of uh, the amateur status and hasn't really done much until winning uh, the British Open by five strokes. An amazing accomplishment. Well, the box office uh, hit movie Sound of Freedom will be shown to Congress today, or tomorrow, I should say, according to movie producer. He said that he hopes that the Democrat and Republican members of Congress attend the screening. I hope this movie will touch their hearts, he also said. Sound of Freedom is based on the true story of Tim Ballard, a former Department of Homeland Security agent who quit his job about 10 years ago to rescue children who were victims of human and sex trafficking. The movie hit $125 million at the box office, despite having a smaller budget than other movies, including uh, hits like Indiana Jones and Dial of Destiny and the uh, Pixar's Elemental. Former President uh, Donald Trump held a screen at the movie Wednesday at his golf club in Benzbister, uh, New Jersey, where Tim Ballard, uh, Jim Cavasell, who starred in the film, and the producer uh, made an appearance. So, again, I'm, I realize I'm repeating this story in, in, in several different ways, but the importance of seeing the movie is just so critical. I just encourage you to do so if you haven't done so already. Uh, the Sound of Freedom. Well, country music star Jason Aldean has uh, denounced attempts to smear his song, Try That in a Small Town, as a racist. He was fired back uh, back at the quote-unquote I'll say bullcrap narratives, being pushed against him during a concert Friday in Cincinnati, Ohio, drawing emphatic chants of USA, USA. I love my country. I love my family. And I'll do anything to protect that. I can tell you that right now, he began, he said between songs. I've seen a lot of stuff suggesting I'm this and I'm that. Well, here's the thing. 
Here's one thing I feel like. I feel like everybody's entitled to their opinion. You can think something all you want. It just doesn't make it true. Isn't that right? So uh, what I am is proud to be an American. Aldine tweeted Tuesday, In the past 24 hours, I've been accused of releasing pro-lynching songs, a song that has been out since May and was subject to a comparison that uh, was not too pleased with the national BLM movements. There's not a single lyric in the song that references race or points to it, and there isn't a single video clip that isn't real uh, news footage. Try That in a Small Town for Me refers to the feeling of a community that I had growing up where we took care of our neighbors, regardless of differences of background or belief, because they were our neighbors and they were above, uh, there was above any differences at all. My political views have never been something I've hidden from. I know that it's a lot of us in this country don't agree on how we should get back to a sense of normalcy where we uh, go at least a day without a headline that keeps us up at night. But the desire for it, too, well, that's what this song is all about. Standing up for himself, and again, I, I just I, I appreciate this story so much because of the backlash against the woke mob, it's pretty severe. Now he's he's gaining, Aldine is gaining even more popularity. So uh, hopefully uh, this, the, the left will realize that these progressive attacks and challenges uh, aren't getting mileage. In fact, they're working against them. <clears throat> President Biden stood at a lectern at a shipyard uh, with a familiar pitch that he seeks a second White House term. The economy remains strong is his pitch. <laughs> it's not an accident. It's my uh, economic plan and action, Biden told a crowd of mostly union workers Thursday at the late, latest stop on a nationwide record uh, burnishing tour. Together, we were transforming the country, but many voters aren't buying it. They're saying they just haven't felt the impact of legislation that's the epicenter or an epipiece, centerpiece of uh, Biden's campaign. And they say what has been his main albatross inflation, high prices have turned economic issues in, that could have been a tailwind for his election into a headwind. So people aren't Biden, Biden inflation for sure. And that's uh, wearing thin. I, I wonder, I really wonder if he's going to end up being the candidate for president. My, I, what I think will happen, quite frankly, is uh, uh, they will suggest he has some sort of mysterious illness and is forced to resign. And uh, that'll lead to a new candidate that they'll introduce. Throw him under the bus and bring out a new one. Well, conservative businessman Vivek Ramaswamy has caught up to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in the first national poll. A surprising tie as both preparing to join the 2024's first primary debate next month. In the survey of likely Republican uh, primary voters, Ramaswamy and DeSantis are tied at 12 percent apiece, with former President Donald Trump continuing to dominate the polls at 48 percent doesn't look like Mike Pence is going to make the cut when it comes to getting enough contributors uh, to his campaign uh, for the debate. Well, former uh, President Donald Trump holds a significant lead in Iowa and South Carolina over the other 2024 Republican presidential candidates. This according to new polls. In Iowa, where the first GOP presidential nominating caucus is set to begin in January, Trump is receiving 46% support, according to a Fox Business poll. Uh, Governor DeSantis comes in second with 16%, and, and while South Carolina Senator Tim Scott is at 11%, uh, Trump's support is even higher in South Carolina, where he's polling at 48%. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley comes in at uh, 14%, and DeSantis at 13%. Scott is at 10%. Uh, South Carolina's GOP primary is scheduled for February the 24th. All this stuff is coming up pretty quickly. Meanwhile, the race is heating up in Iowa as a PAC supporting DeSantis released a new television uh, ad using an artificial intelligence-generated version of Trump's voice attacking the state's popular governor, Kim Reynolds. So lots of dirty tricks coming out, but uh, they continue to campaign, and uh, uh, primary season is coming up just after the first of the year. Well, top companies are laying off thousands of diversity-focused workers, according to the Wall Street Journal. Major companies that have championed diversity, equity, and inclusion, uh, DEI initiatives like Netflix, Disney, and Warner Brothers Discovery, recently announced the exit of high-profile DEI executives and thousands of employees working in diversity-related positions have been laid off since last year, according to the Wall Street Journal. Uh, employee opinions about the importance of DEI and the funding for uh, related initiatives are changing, too, with many workers not seeing it as important. 
Many businesses rushed to hire chief diversity officers uh, after the death of George, George Floyd in May of 2020, according to Wall Street Journal. Less than half of the companies in the S&P 500 have a diversity officer position in 2018, but the number increased to three out of four companies had that role in 2022. Data from uh, Live Data Technology shows that the chief diversity officers are far more likely to be laid off than other similar positions in human resources. They have a 40% higher turnover rate uh, with longer job searches, according to the Wall Street Journal. Can you imagine sending out your resume? Well, I'm a, a diversity officer. Well, that's great. That's not going to help us at all. Employees' attitudes towards DEI are changing, with only 32% of workers finding it very important to work at an ethically diverse place and 38% saying it's not too important at all. That's according to Pew Research. In the same study, 26% of people found it very important to have an equal mix of men and women, while 44% it was not that important. Republican attorney generals from 13 states sent a letter to all Fortune 100 companies on July the 13th calling for an end to discriminatory hiring practices following the Supreme Court decision that ended the use of race-based admissions at universities. The attorney general's Attorneys General claim that the practice violates both state and federal laws. This is just wonderful news, in my opinion. We need to get a focus back on, rather than diversity, we need to focus on excellence, meritocracy, making sure that companies, you know, United Airlines said that they're going to focus on having half of their uh, pilots be people of color. Nothing against people with color. I just think that we should, I want to, if I'm going to fly in a United flight, I want to make sure it's the best possible uh, airline pilot. Uh, not one be, that was chosen because of his color, the color of his skin. So uh, the important thing is that we focus on excellence, which has always been the target in the United States. We've lost that uh, focus, and it's it's costing us dearly in, in terms of our country right now. <clears throat> and finally, while most COVID-19 vaccine mandates have been dropped, employment lawsuits related to the pandemic, including ones not getting getting vaccinated continue to be litigated and filed. The Biden administration dropped its vaccine requirements for federal workers on May the 11th, the same day COVID public health emergency ended, and many states and businesses have done the same amid litigation over the lengthy uh, legality of their requirements. As of last week, there were 4,544 active pandemic-related employment cases from 8,739 that had been filed since January 1st, 2020. And uh, the number of cases filed, 2,724, are employment discrimination complaints. This is just uh, good news. I Hopefully this will be a deterrent to imposing uh, these uh, awful mandates, lockdowns, mask mandates, whatever you, you know, or requirements for vaccines. Uh, this is just un-American, and it uh, limits our liberties, and we need to be able to make our own decisions about our personal health. The segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Mark Schulman, founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No 
no reservations are needed, check out the website at lulubees.com and stop by Lulubees Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulubees Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulubees Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse. Changing lives through exceptional theater experiences, and you can find out more and get tickets. The website is golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Brian Vale. He's the founder of the Men's Cancer Alliance here in Cuyahoga County. Right now, we have with us Mark Schulman. Mark is the founder and publisher of a terrific multimedia website. It's called HistoryCentral.com. Mark, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Always a pleasure, Bob. Thank you, Mark. So uh, you're in Tel Aviv. I should let our listeners know. And uh, lots of breaking news going on right now. Today's a day of action, I think, in this legislature. Maybe you can tell us about it. Absolutely. So the whole thing has come down to a vote to to eliminate what's called the reasonableness clause. Now, the ability of the judges to say that some action that was taken or somebody was appointed, it was unreasonable. Uh, for that person to be appointed. He's a criminal, he's this, all sorts of, you know, that's a cause of action for the courts. Uh, It comes down from English common law, keeping in mind that Israel does not have a constitution, so it's the courts that have to uh, navigate certain issues. Um, The current coalition, which is extremely right and and religious, and that's the religious, it's further more religious than it is right wing, wants to eliminate that clause and wants to do a whole series of other changes, um, but when they tried to do everything at once, they were stopped by the demonstrations and the army and everybody else who was com- and so they decided to do what's called the salami tactic. You know, try to take one piece now and one piece later and hope to get it through. Mm-hmm. But this one piece has turned out to be um, very problematic. A uh, good portion of the reserve pilots uh, in the air force in the country have sent in a letter saying that they will. Um, no longer volunteer to do reserve duty because they have well, it's, it's all volunteers at this point. Um, if this law is passed, which it's about to be, and the same with all sorts of other, all of the elite units of the Israeli armed forces basically have, have done the same. And it's been tearing the society apart. This, is, this past Saturday night was the 28th week where over 100,000 people have come to a, a demonstration in, in Tel Aviv um, yesterday, um, this on Saturday night, this this past Saturday night, there were two hundred and there were one hundred and eighty thousand in Tel Aviv, and another hundred thousand in Jerusalem. Yesterday, there were, I was one of the hundred thousand people who came went to Jerusalem in front of the Knesset to to protest. So give it give it some sort of idea. It's the same equivalent of uh, 40 or 50 million Americans coming out. Yeah, just incredible display. Did I read that there's actually going to be a march from uh, Tel Aviv to Old Jerusalem? There was a march from from, um, Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. It started off on last Tuesday when there was a day of national disruption, they called it. At the end of the rally in Tel Aviv, a group of leaders headed out for Jerusalem. Uh, they They started out a couple of hundred by the time they arrived, 
in Jerusalem, they were close to 80,000. Wow. So, is, are, is, and, uh, uh, is Israel paying the price right now for, I think Ben-Gurion intended in the, the Knesset back in uh, 47, planned to, to install a constitution, write a constitution. Right, it's, it's clearly playing a price for not having the constitution. Ben-Gurion felt, you know, obviously if he was alive today, he'd understand that, what a mistake it was, short-term thinking. Mm-hmm. He thought that in the middle of, don't forget, that, that when Israel came into being, it was in the middle of a war and a humongous economic crisis. It was basically in the first year of its existence, it absorbed more than double its number, its own size in terms of immigrants. Um, so all the, you know, it's all the survivors from the Holocaust who were in all the DP camps, there were 600,000 of them alone, mm-hmm. um, and they poured into a country of 600,000. And these people were not exactly in the best of shape, and you can imagine all the issues that they brought with them when they arrived. So simultaneously fighting a war and absorbing those people, he, was, he felt it was too much to try to develop a constitution. The idea was it would have basic laws, and the Supreme Court would interpret them, um, and um, that's the way it was supposed to be. Yeah. Um, last night's rally in uh, Jerusalem, the previous president, uh, Ruby Rivland, for the first time, actually, generally speaking, former presidents do not come out and speak politically, um, but he did. And he came out, and not so much politically, but he came out, and he's a right-wing person, by the way. He was a right-wing member of Likud, a family of Likud, going all the way back. And yeah. he described how this, this legislation is against all of his values. So, Mark, I must say um, that, uh, uh, and I realize you, you'd mentioned this from common, British common law, but but a reasonable cl- reasonableness clause to me sounds like a, a pretty wishy-washy. In other words, it, it well, can be, you know, again, again, there is an issue because yes, the, it gives the judges a certain amount of leeway, but what it does is something else. It's not very rarely do the judges actually use the clause. Uh-huh. It's only been used a few times, but what it does is it's it forces government officials not to do things that are not reasonable. Mm-hmm. In other words, the fact that it exists says, okay, I can't, you know, I can't appoint my brother to be the controller in, 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 in this you know, government ministry because it would be considered unreasonable for my brother who has no training as a controller to become the controller just because he's my brother. Mm-hmm. So they don't do it. Mm-hmm. And in other words, the reasonable cause is, is not so much the court... You very, very rarely uses it. It's a deterrent. But it's the, what? It's a it's deterrent. Exactly. Deterrent for actions that are unreasonable. Again, keep in mind that two things that are very different than the United States and, and Israel. Number one, of course, again, we've said there's no constitution. Yeah. And B, there isn't a sort of civil service that exists. There's no civil service law. And a high percentage of appointees are political. And so... Again, uh, you know, the decision is that they have to be in some which way reasonable. You can't take someone who has no experience, etc., and decide I'm going I'm to appoint him to this job because he's a member of the party. I mean, yeah. it happens sometimes all a lot, but to the extremes, it doesn't happen because of the reasonable clause. So interesting, so, Mark. But this is only the first stage. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. To I guess the vote is supposed to be, to be today. It's it's taking place now. There's last minute attempt. There was a compromise solution that was put forth by the president. It was accepted by the opposition, but the government refused in the end for it. There's an attempt now probably for cosmetically for the government to make some small change in the law and say, see, we made it a little less terrible, and now you can negotiate with us some more, and that's because it's not going to work, obviously. Yeah. Um, so, Mark, so we need to uh, take, take just a little bit of a break. Can you stick around? Absolutely, Bob. All right, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239 239- 
325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratospell Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. You're a valued professional RN. There's a path that takes you to the next level. Hodges University offers an RN to BSN program that, like you, is way above average. RNs with a BSN have a faster track to pursuing leadership positions and can see faster hourly rate increases than those with an ASN. You can earn your BSN with Hodges in just one year. Classes are online and start in August. Scholarships are available. Become the next level nursing professional. Do more. Earn more. Be more. Visit Hodges.edu today. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability to prepare elected officials to have winning strategies strategies in the legislature. You can find out more by visiting thefga.org, thefga.org. We continue the conversation with Mark Schulman, the founder and publisher of a terrific Multimedia website, HistoryCentral.com, good for kids of all ages, including you and I. I hope you check it out, HistoryCentral.com. Mark, again, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Bob, as always. Thank you, Mark. So uh, let's, uh, the ongoing saga of Ukraine, let's get caught up. Okay, so we've got a couple of things. Uh, One thing is the Black Sea grain deal, which the Russians have pulled out of. Mm -hmm. Um, the The grain deal allowed Ukraine and Russia, but uh, Ukraine was the beneficiary to export its grain, which was very important for a good part of Africa, um, who basically is fed by that grain and also keeps the world prices lower. Um, so um, that's number one. Well, Mark, uh, uh, just on that point, uh, I'm, I'm not reading stories of ships being blown up or attacked or anything like that. Is the commerce still going on in spite of the... Uh, no, the commerce has stopped. Again... Um, you know, <laughs> ships just don't sail when there is a chance they're going to be blown up. Yeah. They just can't get insurance. It's, an, it, it's in a very, you know, insurance is the most important thing in the maritime world. Mm. If you can't get insurance for a voyage, you can't sail. Mm. So, uh, but don't forget what the Russians just did. They just attacked the grain export facilities in Odessa. Mm-hmm. So they they fired missiles at all these grain silos and other things that we used to export it to make sure they wouldn't export it, at least for the Black Sea. Um, and of course, destroyed it. The people were surprised that they attacked Odessa, because Odessa is important in the history of Russia, And um, but they didn't care. That so, is so interesting. Maybe. So in other words, uh, it's uh, it's working. In other words, they're, they're not shipping grain, and this is going to lead to the uh, outcome that we're concerned about, which is starvation of folks in Africa. Starvation and rising food prices all over the world. Yeah. Um, and again, uh, look, I think in some levels, I mean, in terms of the actual world starvation, my, my guess, and again, I don't really have figures on this, but my guess is American farmers are probably picking up a good part of the shortfall. Mm-hmm. Uh, America can produce a lot more food than it actually does. Um, and um, I think the American farmers are probably stepping up and producing more grain. Uh, so we'll have to see. But again, in terms of shipments, in terms of all those things, it's not so. It's not so simple. Gotcha. Um, so, how about uh, any that's number any, one? Any developments on the war? Uh, Ukraine's are still making small, short, <clears throat> incremental progress in their counteroffensive. It seems the Russians are better at defense than at offense. Especially, they've put in thousands and thousands of mines, mm. and clearing minefields is a very time-consuming and difficult uh, project. It would seem we haven't given enough mine-clearing equipment uh, to the Ukrainians. It seems a little bit of an oversight because it was obvious if you look at Russian tactics, using mines is one of their main one of their main things. Um, so before there can be any sort of major breakthrough, they have to clear their mines in, in the short term, and that's taking much longer than they expected. Um, so they're slugging it out. Um, that's all one can say at this point. Uh, you know, uh, look, um, I was optimistic that the Russian army would collapse once the Ukrainians went to counter, went to an offensive. 
that hasn't happened. I still believe once the Ukrainians break through, that may very well happen. And at some point, they'll break through. What's happened to the uh, Wagner group? Uh, they, it's an interesting question. They seem mostly to be now in Belarus, although not totally. And, of course, the Wagner group operates in Africa where, where they're continuing to operate. So um, where that's going to go, it's unclear. Uh, the Russians still need the Wagner group. And um, the Russians, uh, the Russians, what can I tell you? They're, they're doing their thing. Um, there was a recent thing to turn back to Israel and Russia for a moment. Um, the Israeli security services approached the Russians and demanded they stop. It seems they're doing, they were doing in Israel what um, they've been, done, been doing in America, which is doing a social media campaign quietly to get one faction up against the other. In other words, this divide that exists over the judicial reform, the Russians have been pushing a social media campaign to get people on both sides to be ang more angry at each other. Mm. The same way, they, the same thing they pulled off in the United States uh, right after Black Lives Matter and, and, and that period of time where the Russians were very involved in getting everybody angry. I don't think we focus enough on that strategy. It seems to be uh, the effect is clearly there. I didn't realize that there was a, an effort, orchestrated effort on the part of uh, Russia to do this. Oh, absolutely. The, the, around the whole period of time, Black Lives Matter and the, and the counter protests, or however you want to define that against Black Lives Matter, um, there was a concentrated attempt by the Russians to bring up the temperature, so to speak, get yeah. people to hate each other more. And, you know, it's, it's bad enough that social media lends itself to us hating each other, whoever, whoever we are, right. because we're like in our own groups and we talk to each other. Look at the terrible people on the other side, whoever they may be. Uh, but when the Russians get involved in actively um, throwing gas, you know, onto the fire, yeah, uh, we need to understand they are doing that. And we need, if, A, we need our government, wherever they are, to try to stop them. But B, we need to understand sometimes that what we're seeing is not natural uh -huh. and that the other side really may not be as bad as we're making them out to be because they're not really the ones in control. They're being, you know, egged on or they're being uh, misrepresented by Russian agents. You know, that's such an important consideration. Every story you look at, you need to be asking yourself that question about uh, the influence of that uh, foreign governments on right. Who's who, who gains by this story, right? Uh -huh. Who wants to see that story? And again, often we look at it from the narrow perspective of our own politicians, right? Is this a Dem good for the Democrats? Is it good for the Republicans? Is it good for whoever, right? Uh -huh. But no, we need to take a step back and say, maybe it's someone else who's good for. Great point, Mark. What do the Russians want more than anything else? They want all of us to fight with each other. Exactly. What an interesting point. So uh, let's move to Spain, some uh, interesting developments there. Yeah, so Spain, we were, we were, there was an election in Spain, which we were expecting to, um, the far right possibly to actually win outright, uh, but no one won, and they can't form a government at the moment. Um, so we'll have to see. I mean, Spain has this such an interesting history when we look back at the Spanish history. Mm -hmm. And we can just hope it remains a vibrant democracy, which it's been now. So time will tell. Um, in the meantime, we're kind of in a stalemate then. Yeah, right now it's a stalemate. How about how about Germany? So Germany, something happened this past um, week, I guess it was. Uh, you know, there's this far-right neo-Nazi party in Germany that has been getting about 5% of the vote, give or take. But one of the things that was, all the parties had agreed that they would not go into a coalition with them, and they would remain outside the, what was acceptable bounds. Mm -hmm. But in one municipality in Germany, um, they've gone into a coalition, a coalition government with this far-right party. And, of course... Uh, you know, the normalization of some of these far far right and often far left parties is is a real problematic thing, because once you start normalizing, it's like okay, maybe they're not so bad, they're yeah, acceptable, etc. And these are things we have to really worry about. Um, you know, it's in Germany in this case, but we need to worry about it in the United States and in other places because normalizing <laughs> extremists um, is very problematic. 
and normalizing uh, we're seeing this a lot in the united states of normalizing a lot of bizarre behavior and uh you know (laughs) calling it normal and uh, trying to normalize so in in some ways i mean there's many of us who think that there's an effort to destroy the family they to increase the influence of government on uh on uh, families and children and that kind of thing so that uh, there's a lot of subtle things that are going on no, absolutely, and we need to be careful. We are, but we need to be careful also that, you know, look, that there, that people don't use some of these things to create their own extremist views beyond, you know, beyond values and everything else. This happens all over the world in, in different ways. Yeah. You know, generally speaking, um, our fears, whatever they may be, are used by people to get you out and, and come to a certain conclusion that would you not normally come to. And, you know, fear is one of the most powerful motivators. No question. Mark, this is such uh, an important conversation. I really uh, appreciate your shedding light on this important issue. Again, Mark Schulman, the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. Great for kids of all ages, including you and I. HistoryCentral.com. Mark, always appreciate your commentary on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Bob. All right. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Brian Vale. He is the founder of the Men's Cancer Alliance. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Gain the skills you want so you'll be in demand by employers. That's what Hodges University's workforce readiness is all about. Choose your specialty from EV technician, automation, robotics, real estate, insurance, and electronics to programming boot camps, supply chain management, and more. These classes are online, affordable, and focused on what you need to know. Learn more today by visiting Hodges.edu and clicking on Workforce Readiness. Because with Hodges University, you'll stay near and go far. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now I'll play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Uh, I just called uh, Brian Vale, had difficulty getting him on the line. He kept on losing the signal, so uh, hopefully I have another opportunity to interview Brian, and maybe he'll call. I'm not sure what's going to happen here, but nevertheless, very inspiring story of a guy who's supporting. Let's see if this is Brian. Hello, Brian. Going on, it just keeps hanging up. Well, I'm sorry about that, Brian, but I was just telling our audience that that was our experience, and now you're on the air. So I appreciate okay. I appreciate your your calling back. So, uh, uh, could you tell us your story, Brian, about uh, your experience with cancer? Oh, sure. It's been uh, it's been quite an experience. Um, well, first of all, Bob, just thank you very much for having me on your show. Uh, I really appreciate it. But um, again, my name is Brian Vale, and on January 19th of 2021, I was diagnosed with advanced stage 4 colorectal cancer mm. and with metastases to the lungs, the lymph nodes, and the liver. And uh, my liver was described as having innumerable tumors, just too many to even count. Wow. And uh, yeah, so I was sitting in front of the, the oncologist who was giving me the news, and he essentially told me that I had less than a month to live. Wow. 
So the only thing that it really had going for me was that I was, you know, relatively young. I just turned 50. And uh, he felt that I was strong enough to be able to handle the amount of chemo it would take to push the cancer back a little bit. There was no expectation of a cure, but just push it back to, quote, unquote, buy me some time. Mm-hmm. What, what and that was two and a half years ago. So we have been on a long, long journey from that day to getting to this point. We've traveled around the world um, listening to people talk, uh, working and trying to develop a holistic strategy to complement a traditional strategy and take it so where that I can try to direct my days and, and, and help my oncologist fight alongside my oncologist, if that makes sense. It makes gives all the sense. So it gives myself a purpose every day of just trying to do maximize everything we can do to survive. It's just such an inspiring story, Brian. Congratulations on the, the, your uh, experience and uh, fighting back as you are. What have you learned in that two and a half year period? Well, I've learned that um, <clears throat> cancer is a tremendous physical struggle. Yeah. Um, I think. But what I didn't think I would ever realize until just within the past six months is it's it's as much a mental struggle as it is a physical struggle. Mm-hmm. And you know, we I started to you know my son now takes has taken over my business, so I largely don't have a lot to do all day. And you know, we gathered a lot of information, but I was still sitting here with a lot of people around me that are trying to help me and keep me alive, but they just didn't understand what's going on mentally. Mm-hmm. They just never will. So I started to want to reach out to try to find people that are going through this so that we can, you know, just sit and talk and share tips and tricks with each other, but just get to know somebody else that was going through something. Maybe I could help them. Maybe they could help me. Right. So I started looking for men's cancer support groups online, and I didn't find anything for men, very little, mm-hmm. if anything, disorganized. So my wife and I just decided to start our own. And uh, we formed the Men's Cancer Alliance. And that is, well, our mission for the Men's Cancer uh, Alliance is to support male cancer patients and their caregivers by providing advice, education, connection, and camaraderie. Mostly camaraderie, mm-hmm. right, where we can just get together and hang out take our minds off of this and, and have some fun, but in the meantime, but also have an opportunity to share and learn from each other. That's and I've checked out your website. Mencan.org is the website. Mencan, M-E-N-C-A-N.org is the website. Now, uh, but you're very impressive board, by the way. I must I, I must mention it with the very accomplished people in different areas. So uh, it's, it's certainly camaraderie is not necessarily something where you need a lot of uh, uh, you know expertise on one hand. On the other hand, uh, uh, are you t- tell us a little bit more about the organization? Is there anything else involved? Hey, Brian. Yeah, sorry, he just broke up. Did you hear my question, Brian? No, I'm sorry. I just it just broke up. Go ahead. Oh, no, no worries. So, uh, Brian, uh, you've got a very impressive board. Uh, the way you've assembled the board is a lot of important expertise as well. So, uh, along with creating camaraderie, are there any other parts of your mission? Well, you know, we've we're we we're trying to focus on five different areas, right? Where we've we've we're gathering experts in five different. Uh, sections. One is traditional medicine, right? We're going to be using a uh, one of my doctor's nurse practitioners to make himself available to give guidance on, on the world of traditional oncology. And it's not so much what you should and shouldn't do in terms of treatment, but how to survive the treatment on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Uh, we have an area of holistic medicine that we're focusing on. And we have experts there that, uh, you know, can provide advice there. Uh, we have a section of spiritual guidance. Mm. Uh, we have diet and lifestyle and caregiver support. 
Brian, I can't tell you how inspiring this conversation Caregiver is. Caregiver support probably be. Go ahead, go ahead, Brian. Caregiver support probably being the most important area. Um, you know, with especially with men, you know, if they, it is so difficult to try to do this on your own. Right. And so, if we can help caregivers by giving them some, just I remember the day my wife came home from Publix. Actually, it was seat to table, and uh, she had an epiphany, and she said, "You know, if I can just find one person." One person that survived this, and I can follow their path, and we can we can have a path. Yeah, and so that's what we've done. And that one person has turned into five people. And and like you said, you know, we we've met several people very quickly once this once the idea was put out there to to, to create this group. People have have come to us to want to help, and it's uh, it's it's very exciting. It is exciting indeed, Brian. And uh, what's it meant? I mean the. Uh, to 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 uh, create this kind of support for other cancer survivors and other people who have cancer, what's that meant to you? Oh, it's everything. It gives me. It just gives me purpose. Essentially, you can get lost in your day to day, and uh, cancer can just become. You can let cancer define you. Yeah. You know, and so having all these people come in and get involved with us, it's just now I'm not, I don't, I want, I don't want to be a victim anymore. I want to be able to be a person of purpose and, uh, and to help others. So it's, it's been, it's been tremendous. God bless you, Brian. How, how, Brian Vale again, founder of the Men's Cancer Alliance operating here in Collier County. Uh, how can we support your efforts, Brian? Well, uh, just right now, uh, we're, you know, we're, we're trying to build, we have, the experts have come to us, so we're getting ready, right? We wanted to make sure that when people come to us, that there's something to give. So now we're reaching out into, you know, unfortunately to have people like you doing an interview like this, we're trying to find people to come that need help, mm-hmm. right? So if you go to our website, mencan.org or mencanceralliance.com, you can get to our Facebook page from there. And that's where we'd like to direct people uh, to just sign up and, uh, and join and offer whatever services that they have. Um, we're looking for cancer veterans, people that have been down the road like myself that have something to offer. And obviously, we're looking for those that have just received their diagnoses and try to figure out a way to bring some light into that darkness. Yeah. Ryan, I just can't tell you how grateful I am that you've taken the time and uh, to spend with us and our and our audience. Brian Vale, again, founder of the Men's Cancer Alliance. I hope you'll check out mencan.org. Mencan.org. You'll also find a link to Facebook, the Facebook page there. And uh, by the way, let people know about the uh, uh, the Men's Cancer Alliance here in Cuyahoga County could be a, a great support uh, for a lot of people here in Cuyahoga County. Brian, really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for joining us. Bob, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief and author of many great murder mysteries. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor.
Lebon's restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Lyndon and myself. Louis located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. ask yourself why people are the way they are. If you're fascinated by human behavior and you want to make a career of it, you know where you need to start? Hodges University with a bachelor's degree in applied psychology. Your professors are practicing professionals that bring your classes to life with life chat discussions and various projects. You know, having a deeper understanding of what motivates people can lead to careers in counseling, sales, human resources. Your passion can be your career. So get started today. What are you waiting for? Visit Hodges.edu or stop by their campus in Fort Myers. They're at the corner of Colonial and Winkler. Because with Hodges University, you're going to stay near and go far. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We have with us Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief. Well, he retired a couple of years, moved to Pennsylvania, and now is writing tremendous, terrific murder mysteries. And uh, yeah, the first one is uh, Follow the Leader, its sequel, Shake the Money Tree, and his latest is No Problem. Uh, Jim McTagg's No Problem. Jim, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. It's fun, Bob. I enjoy talking to you. Um you know, I'm one of these people, and I'm not tech-savvy. I mean, I still have uh, trouble on the Internet. Uh, Facebook is a mystery to me. My kids use it, and I can't navigate it. Uh, and yet, <laughs> I believe that because of artificial intelligence, we are at a huge inflection point in world history, and yeah. that the, the impact of AI will be greater than the industrial revolution at the beginning of the 19th century you know when the when the british introduced the uh the loom uh, so so i'm looking for a new fresh-faced presidential candidate who is tech savvy uh youngish <laughs> and who 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 has a vision for leading the country into the AI future. And so I search continually for this candidate and I see a bunch of them look good on paper, Republican okay. candidates. Uh-huh. Uh, like uh, uh, there's a governor of North Dakota that the Wall Street Journal featured uh, this weekend, uh, Doug Burgum, who I had never heard of before, who started a software company and sold it to Microsoft for over a billion bucks, and he's, he's done a good job as governor of North Dakota. I mean, on paper, he looks good, and so I go on the Internet, and I, I look at his speech, and his delivery is so flat. Um, <laughs> you know, there's, there's no uh, JFK always talked about vigor. Yeah. Uh, there's no vigor in his delivery. Uh, he, he'd put you to sleep in 10 seconds. And, and then there's a, a young Obama-style Republican, Will Hurd from Texas. You know, his, um, his uh, dad was black. His mother was white. He was a congressman uh, representing a, a huge district, 550 miles from San Antonio uh to El Paso, and uh, it was dominated. Two thirds of the voters there are Hispanic, so he had a he, he had a a good run in Congress. He's tech savvy. He headed some committees on cybersecurity. Uh, same thing. He opens his mouth, and he sounds like the guy running for high school student president. So uh, I'm close to despair. Well, I use it, Pat. 
this yeah, is. I was going to say I use Pat Paulson as my gold standard. <laughs> I, I look at his. You know, he used to be on the Smothers Brothers. He, yeah. he ran a campaign for, for against Nixon, and his clips today are as salient as they were back. Uh, then in the 60s. Uh, you and, know what, I'm gonna, and, after the show, I'm going to check out Pat, Pat Paulson's clips because I remember just laughing so hard about him <laughs> <laughs> running for president. So oh, the one guy, would, if you haven't checked out uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, he is just an incredible, inspiring speech, uh, speaker, but his ideas are original. It's not, you don't get any kind of soundbite, kind of pithy phrases coming from him. He's a real deep thinker. Uh, I don't think he'll ever be president, but I will tell you that he's just, he will, uh, in a debate and in this campaign, I think will enliven and enrich the whole experience for everybody involved. I'll check him out. You know, what, what puzzles me, I don't like uh, Donald Trump and I don't like Joe Biden, and yet among their parties, uh, these guys are the favorites, you know, among the, the party faithful uh but but when you look at the latest polling in matchups trump versus biden biden on paper ekes out a narrow victory over donald trump and if if biden were to kick the bucket and trump were to run against uh, uh harris um the um it's amazing it's almost a virtual tie if you if you look at the um the margin of error in polls so so that's not a good outcome f- for either party because I think independents, a lot of independents would sit out the election and, yeah. and it, it would be up to the party faithful. And, you know, I'm probably projecting myself on the public because I'm disgusted. You know, I think both uh, Donald Trump and Joe Biden are, are grifters. Uh, they're too old. Uh, they're too stale in the face of uh, this AI. You know, I, I really think we need a, an injection of... of fresh thinking, tech-savvy thinking, because the security of the country going forward will depend on our uh, leadership in AI. You know, and, Jim, I appreciate you sharing that so much. I, I'd have to uh, just uh, counterbalance your comments with, I do support Donald Trump, and it's not because I like it or want to have him as a close friend or anything like that. I just think he did a great job the first time he was president. I think he's not an innovator. He doesn't know AI, but he has common sense. And if he could just get us back to uh, being oil, ind- being energy independent, uh, get our economy going again as he did before, get rid of regulations that are stifling the country right now. Uh, I, I just think uh, I think he's a viable candidate. And uh, according to the polls that you mentioned, the, the polls that I'm seeing indicate that he is a strong favorite to not only win the Republican nomination, but also win the presidency. Mm-hmm. So, but it's, a, it's primarily those, these polls are, are right now are, are quizzing the, the party faithful, both parties faithful. So yeah. um, You're right. The public at large is hard to be, you know, this is a truism. Uh, before Labor Day, the public really doesn't focus on presidential politics right. in, a, in a presidential election year. So, so uh, I'd, like, I'd like to see what happens after Labor Day. But uh, I don't want to sound like an ageist because I'm 74 years old. I think both Trump and Biden uh, are way too old to run for president, yeah. and um, I, I just want to see some some fresh uh, young blood again to lead us into the future. And you mentioned Donald Trump is not an innovator; I, he's not. Uh, Joe Biden, Joe Biden is a mess. I mean, his um, he can't his planning is so flawed I mean, and it started with the evacuation of afghanistan which was a disaster well his electric vehicle program is comparable to the uh, evacuation of Af- afghanistan he's yeah. destroying our, our transportation system and handing it to the red chinese so um i really need want somebody savvy and i also want to see uh, immigration reform, and I'm not talking about the masses of fruit pickers at, at our southern border. Right. Um, in the in AI, you know, the average IQ is 100. That's that's just math. Uh, we need people in this country 
with high uh, with high IQs. So we have to reform our integration system so that we get the smartest people in the world to come here and work in AI. And you know, Donald Trump made it more difficult for those smart people to come here. You know, talk about him not being a visionary. So, so we need a visionary on immigration too. Now, Congress has known what the problem has been for at least 20 years, probably longer. And for some reason, we can never reach an agreement on immigration. So, yeah. you know, hope, hopefully, we can get somebody to to fire up the congressional imagination so that they realize, hey, we, you know, we want to become the brainiest country in the world. Well, Jim, I'll tell you what, this has just been a very interesting conversation. I'm not sure that you and I see eye and eye, but I bet you if we sat down and talked about it, we'd probably agree on most issues. I really appreciate your commentary on the show. I want to remind our listeners your latest book, No Problem by Jim McTagg. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you, and Pat Paulson for president. He's my man. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Jim. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. If uh, I hope you'll tell your friends if you did and, and let them know about the show because that's one of the ways we support our advertisers. We've got some great guests for tomorrow's show, including our uh, state senate president, uh, Kathleen Pasadomo, and uh, Seton Motley is uh, – who is the founder and president of Less Government. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harton Show on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharton.com. <laughs>